0: Guys being dudes, dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Heisman Trophy, Bronco Nagurski Award, Ultimate Dudes. Got another dude! O-line you Bunch of, dude. Lot of Dudes. Lotta yeah! Dudes! Yeah! Another dude in the house!
1: Welcome to the Lotta Dudes Podcast, presented by 4th and Dude and Boston College 24-7. Season 2, Week 13. Boston College's football's dreams of a 9-3 season were officially tomahawk-chopped on Saturday, as the Eagles blew an 8-point fourth-quarter lead to lose to the Seminoles by a score of 22-21. Florida State keeps their 37-year bowl appearance streak alive, while the Maroon and Gold dropped to 7-4 on the year and are officially in danger of another 7-6 season. On today's episode, we'll recap the disaster of a game, Debate vastly different viewpoints on the temperature of Coach Adazio's seat and preview our chances of bouncing back for his cues next weekend.
0: Matt, uh, hello darkness, my old friend. The life has been sucked out of my body. The carriage has turned back into a pumpkin. Steve Adazio 2018 turned back into Steve Adazio pre-2017. However you want to say it, this was a pathetic, backbreaking, painful loss, and all of our dreams about this being a special year have been left on the tarmac in Tallahassee. So we're recording this on a Sunday night, just 24 hours removed, and the pain is not even remotely yet to subside. Uh, so hopefully it goes away soon, or else this is going to be a very long Thanksgiving week until we get cues.
1: Tell you what, Sunday scaries are uh, are at 100 right now. Like you said, the loss still hasn't really uh, even hit us, although they did just release the polls and, and we're nowhere to be found. So it is starting to hit. Shoot,
0: that's interesting. It is okay. starting to hit
1: a little bit uh, from that standpoint, but you talk about, and Coach said it too. Um, just a waste of a of a golden opportunity, a win that you had to have, and the boys just did not show up. Well, not all the boys, but uh, the vast majority of the boys uh, just didn't have what it takes. To, didn't have what it took to to get by the Seminoles, and here we are. We're, we're seven wins again, and uh, you know, at some point, a ceiling is the ceiling's the roof, Matt.
0: Uh, yeah, that's very very eloquently said. I mean, look at the end of the day. This was a pathetic loss period. There's just no other way to put it. Florida State is so, so, so bad. And we've said it throughout the year watching their games. You know, they were slowly putting some pieces together and they do still have a roster full of four and five five star talents. So there was the thought that they could put put the pieces together, but that was just not the case. They were absolutely horrible uh, all game, yet we somehow, for whatever reason, just always play to our opponent's level, blowing a fourth quarter lead to a team this bad. No excuses anywhere. Um, and again, I, you know, it, it speaks to the, the the season. We haven't had an easy game since Holy Cross. Louisville was tied in the second half. Temple, we kept in it. Miami felt like a game we were going to give away. I don't know why it's so hard for us to just, you know, actually be able to step on the throats of our opponents. But if it just were lacking a killer instinct or what it is. But it's, uh, you know, for, for as, as many highlights as we've had this year... It's just been really frustrating so many times and I think this is just the culmination of it all right right here.
1: Yeah, and it'd be one thing, you know, if if like we were saying earlier on in the year, if Florida State, you know, we know they have athletes on their team, right? They get, you know, consistently a top top five recruiting class, right? It'd be one thing if if we had seen development throughout the course of the year and then they played a good game against us and it'd be like, you know what? You know, Florida State fell late in our schedule. Tagger got these guys going and you know, that's that's kind of just how it works sometimes. But they were such a bad football team, and to, to not come out of there with an not just a win, but to not blow these guys out, frankly, easy was, convincing
0: win, yes, exactly, was, was
1: pretty disappointing. And you touch on on a couple of things, but there's something about us not being able to go on the road specifically. And I think this is you know our, our fourth game in a row where we've gone on the road and just laid a complete egg in the first half, right? And you know we did it against NC State, we did we did it against Virginia Tech. Don't want to get me started on Purdue, right? But th- there's 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 something about. And and is a great guy. You know, he he's the guy that gets these guys pumped up before games. Everyone's seen the videos at this point, but there's something about these guys that just can't get it going on the road in the first half. Just not even close to showing up.
0: Yeah, I mean I think it does start if we want to talk on the field, because we'll get into the larger coaching discussion shortly, but it does start on the field with with Anthony Brown. Like you said, once again, a tale of two halves. He could not hit water from a boat in the first half. Two picks, looked absolutely pathetic, couldn't get a single drive started. Uh, you know, we had first and goal at the two, and, and nothing came of that, which in hindsight would have been nice to just even get three points there. Uh, but finished with almost 300 yards, looked good for most of the second half, and To be honest, probably did enough to allow us to escape with the win. It should not have been, you know, that borderline. This, like we've said, should have been a game that we, you know, blew them out from the get go. But I think overall, he did enough to allow us to get the win. But you're right. I I don't know what the answer is. At a certain point, it's just we're hitting our head against the wall. I I guess, thank God for what it's worth, Cuse is at home, but it's just, it's so frustrating. And, You know, look, we're we're dealing with 18, 19 year old kids here. So there obviously is a a significant mental aspect to this game. And if it's a hostile environment or whatever it is, but this is something that we need to figure out quickly over the course of the next, you know, whatever nine months before we even have a chance next year. It's
1: specific to Brown, too. I don't know if it's injuries or, you know, the injury he sustained last week against Clemson. I would say that's probably what it was, except for he does this every time, right? So, right. um, it, it probably is. And, and he had a
0: full week of practices too, you know? So, I, I, yeah, I don't think that injury was nearly as bad as everyone thought. And yeah, it's been happening all season. It's, it's, and it's not even really Jekyll and Hyde anymore.
1: It's, it's Jekyll and then, uh, holy shit, we, we're, you know, we're going to lose to Florida State here. I'm, I'm three for 10, uh, for 12 yards midway through the second quarter. I got to get my shit together here. Um, and, and, you know, we can, we can pick on the game plan all we want, but, I don't care if you have Bear Bryant drawn up the game plan. The way that you know his throws were, were looking, he wasn't going to hit anything. It, it didn't matter what plays you were drawn up. To his credit, he came out and, and, and had an awesome second half, right? But you can't you can't only play half a game against right. even against a team like Florida State, right? I mean, he, he, he had a chance there in the first half to probably put up I don't know what twenty eight to thirty five points. They left so yeah, many think. points. They left they left so many points on the board in the first half to only come out of that first half with seven points. Uh, is what what did us in. And everyone's gonna and everyone has, obviously. Everyone's talking about the last five minutes of the game, everything we could have done could've could have done differently. Um and and granted there's things that could have gone differently, but this game was was not lost in, in the in the last five minutes. It was lost in the in the first thirty, in my opinion.
0: That's that's a it's a fair point in that we should not have even been in a situation where Dazio has the chance to completely fuck it up down the stretch. But having said that Let's just get right into it. That's obviously the main talking point of this game and and I think rightly so. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's a it's Florida State and this should have been a game won by seven touchdowns, but you know, it is what it is and you need to rely on your head coach when you are in these in these tight situations down the stretch to make the right call and I don't know your take on this, but flat out he made the wrong call. Uh I think every metric shows that. He was aggressive all game long. Uh he went for six fourth downs, converted 50% of them, yet on the let's say the most you know, important one of the game with a chance to ice it fourth and one and he was going for a fourth and two and another fourth down short yardage and, and six times fourth and one with the game on the line and that's when he decides to turtle so a and, and this is on the 40 yard line by the way um and i have some numbers to back all of this up to which adasio clearly disagrees now, with. Let's, but. let's
1: talk your numbers and we can do math all day in a vacuum um, and, and we knew we were going to have a debate about this. Just from, so, just to
0: be clear, just before we get into this, you think it was the right decision to punt the football? I think it's it's very easy to say after we didn't
1: convert it that it was the right decision. I think at the time, and, and when I was checking my Twitter timeline, Matt, it was pretty split on what what we should do. Frankly, um, and in a vacuum, it's always the numbers always had to go for it. Anytime you're on, you know, anytime you're in your opponent's territory and it's less than fourth and three, that's what the numbers say. The numbers are not for a Boston College uh, football team without AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon's banged up. Would you rather have Anthony Brown having to complete a pass, fourth and one, with guys in his face? Or are you gonna pin these guys back on their 10 yard line and the defense that's played? Which extremely, we didn't do. that what well, the thirteen, whatever it was, they pinned him back, Matt. And and let your defense that's ha- really had maybe one big play given up to, di- to to that point, um, you know, trust those guys with two minutes to go to not give up a big play. Obviously, in hindsight, uh, you know, Monday morning quarterback—not the right decision, but in real time, yeah, I was—I was pretty split on it, Matt. I did not have confidence. We're going to con- convert that fourth down.
0: I had zero. Confidence. Well, first of all, all right. Let, well, let's get into the actual play call here, for or, or the lack of play call. So we have Dylan overused all game. He ran thirty seven plays, and he's nowhere near one hundred percent. He didn't, you know, he got a couple decent runs. I think his, you know, long was in the in the fifteen range or something like that. Uh, the combination of Glines, Levy, and, and Bailey, who have been very strong over the past four or five weeks, had I think a total of three carries. So. There's an issue in and of itself there that we are running this guy into the ground, getting almost 40 touches, which is a ton for even a healthy guy. Um, but with that then, to then not have him line up in the backfield, everyone knew when he was in the backfield. He was we banged up. Ball. He
1: limped off the field. He wasn't an option no, no. at that point
0: that's that's not not on that play he he was banged up all game and he, we were feeding him feeding him feeding him and then we decide on that one to not line him up when we actually want to try to trick them that we're going to run the football so that first of all made no sense to me uh second ball it's one yard we should be able to trust our offensive line against a, a bad four did, did you trust line. that offensive line the way
1: they were playing in the second half to get
0: one yard honestly yes okay yeah i, I agree did. Or disagree then
1: even even the fourth downs they did, they did convert matt what was it two two or three of them Two were controversial, and then the third one, we had to like use our best play in the playbook to do an Anthony Brown rollout to Mikey Walker, who slipped out. Of, like, that's a, that's their best play, I think. I don't think they had another one like that. If they did, then I'd say go for it. Um, but that's not, at least as a fan, I don't know the numbers, but that doesn't feel like a high percentage play to, to Mikey Walker or whoever. Anthony Brown throwing the ball, and the numbers back it up. Uh, that's not a high percentage play to convert that fourth down. And you knew they were going to pass it because they were getting stuffed in the in the run game. Um, in my mind, it's uh, – and I have to be, go kind of to one extreme here because everyone else is anti-Daz right now, so apologies for that. But at the end of the day, I think it's not that bad of a decision that he made to pin his guys back – or to, to pin Florida State back who'd shown – No offense all game to trust our defense to to make it happen.
0: So here's the problem, Matt. If we want to talk in a vacuum, I have no problem with that. If this was a one decision that he made in his five-year tenure that ended up not working out in the way that we would like it to work out in crunch time in a vacuum, fine. I can live with that. The problem here is that this is a pattern. This happens consistently where his late-game management decisions cost us the game. Uh, The one that jumps out at me is, is basically the same thing, Georgia Tech uh in ireland a couple years ago three years ago, pretty much an identical situation he had a fourth down he could have went for it and his quote was well i wanted our defense to be on the field pretty much identical but you could go back by the every way, year and there's at least that what was
1: it, the fourth and 27 they would have won that game
0: but they but that's the problem is that they do consistently do that well, they have a 74 yard touchdown here i
1: don't disagree with you but at some point it's an execution problem
0: but if it's an execution problem you as
1: a head coach need I, to I know. know that and, and all and this falls on that coach no matter how i spin it but i'm just saying uh you know i'm arguing the specific point of it's it's not that egregious to punt the football there.
0: Right. And and, and again, I, I don't disagree with you if we're just looking at this specific p- play. The, uh, the problem here is the pattern and that we've seen this for five years. And at some point, the reality has set in that this is the ceiling because of his coaching style and because we're not Alabama, we're not always going to have a 50-point talent advantage. We're going to get ourselves in a 12-game season. We're going to get ourselves into a significant handful of close games. And in those significant handful of close games, he's going to give away more than the average number. Because of bad tactics, and that's why we are going to always be at this seven, maybe eight win ceiling, and you're never going to be able to get to that next level of ten regular season wins. And that, to me, is is what is so frustrating. Uh, we've seen it at this point. And, and look, I'll say this, and I think you'll agree with this: that nobody can deny that overall, uh, I think this higher to this point can be viewed as a success. We were in the absolute dumpster; uh, things were terrible on the heights with, with the way Spaziani left it. He brought us back to respectability. He's a great recruiter, a good talent developer, hires phenomenal assistants, good face for the program, face for the school, et cetera. But at the end of the day, what you're judged on is, is, you know, your overall record number. And with his game management, we're just never going to be able to get to that next level.
1: And, and you can get on him for a lot of things. Um, and, and, certainly some, sometimes the way that he uses timeouts and stuff like that, I would say in the, the list of Adazio things you can get on him for. I don't think that that really cracks the top ten, in my opinion. You know, that's a problem. Get, get, that's, no, no, that's get on problem. him for not being able to recruit a, and, and develop a quality quarterback. That's that's perfectly fine. He can't find a kicker after year six. Agreed. If you have those two things, we we beat him by forty, Matt. And it's not it's not even a discussion at this point.
0: Okay, but then that's another argument. You're, you're just, I'm, I'm trying to give him credit for his talent development and his recruiting. So if you're going to knock that down, then he, what does he have to stand on well, no, beyond I'm, I'm being saying a great face for the program?
1: 90% of the things he's done correctly, and those are two things that he has not, and it's it's the reason that we don't win close games. I've seen all the stats. I don't disagree. And it's, it's a game it's manager. He's a
0: horrible game manager. Uh, I
1: agree to disagree on that. I mean
0: I, – I, I, That's that's pretty factual.
1: Yeah, I guess you're, you're I don't really have a like, leg to stand on there. I, I, I do think, though – Um, you know, everyone's get eight days ago. Everyone was saying, Oh, Daz is great coach of the year, whatever. And now all of a sudden, because, you know, a couple things, you know, we lost our quarterback. We're banged up and, and, you know, not to, you know, blame injuries as an excuse, right? But it's a fact. And we lost to Clemson, even though we played them tough and we had a bad game against Florida State. Our cornerback got burned. Our kicker missed a field goal. Everything went wrong that could have. Our quarterback didn't show up for the first three quarters. And, and that's the position, you know, we find ourselves in. I hate that the entire season, really that the last six years are being boiled down to a single decision that at, at best is controversial and, and in my mind is absolutely forgivable. I mean, the defense, I know that the Georgia Tech quote is ridiculous. I want my, my defense on the field at the, at, the end, at the end of the game. It's kind of a ridiculous thing to say. But it's true. Our defense played way better than the offense did and has the last... Really, the whole second half of the season.
0: game but you can't lose the game if the offense is on the field, period.
1: Well, the way Brown uh, you know, was throwing those picks, you, you probably could actually not. Okay, okay. Um, but no, I, I mean, no one could have predicted, although I, I know we all had that kind of pit in our stomach that something bad was about to happen, but no one could have predicted that. Um, and, and here's another thing you can get on for is what the hell, and I may blame Reed, blame whoever, what the hell was that defensive scheme? In the two-minute drill, get on, get on for that. I just, I think people are missing the point a little bit, just
0: because a lot of other things went wrong, just besides that. Again, the reason that everyone is focusing on this one decision, like I said, is just because this happens all the time. Right. Yeah, there's Matt, a lot of issues. He, if you, he is not, and you guys he is are not arguing, Saban, as if we got if we
1: get the yard. It's an easy yard. What if we don't get it? Then we give them the ball in the forty, and, the then, 40, and they score, fine. and then everyone's going. The everyone's arguing the other no, way. I,
0: I disagree because I trust our defense. No because I, I it's to me that was a it was a riskless decision the way we trusted our defense. Yeah, I agree that once we punted it I did not expect them to go 87 yards or whatever it was in 30 seconds, but I also wouldn't have expected them to go 60 yards if we don't get it. So I trusted our defense enough to be feel to feel confident either way. So at that point, take the risk and just ice it uh rather than, you know, those those bonus 20 yards that that you're giving up there. Again, the the problem here and to go to your point about you know, everyone being so high on him last year or last week is because the the carriage had not turned back into a pumpkin yet. And we were, you know, whatever, 11 games into the schedule. And we had not had that devastating loss yet due to a late game management. That's not to say it was smooth sailing. uh, But I think we'd all agree that, necessarily individual game decisions weren't what costed us certainly not purdue or clemson and probably not nc state either i think that was just a motivation guys didn't get off the bus thing uh so when we went this far we said you know what maybe the talent is actually winning out here and and he was by the way he was being aggressive throughout the course of the year he he was coaching like a different coach he was you know he was being a little bit more creative on offense. Uh he was being more aggressive on, on fourth downs. So for it to all in one play really just revert to everything that we've hated for I'll say the first three years of his tenure, three and a half years of his tenure, that to me and, and I think to what so many of us is impossible to swallow.
1: And if we had the line that we thought we did, and if we had a healthy Dylan and we hadn't already been stopped on fourth down twice in that game, I would so I would agree with you. We're a power running okay, football but you, team, but we, should, but we also we got to get three one times yard. In that game.
0: What's that? We also got a three. I mean, you can say we 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 went for it six times. You can say we got stopped twice, but three for six is still a good number.
1: Is it? I, I mean, that's probably it. That feels less than average to me. If you're going for it on fourth down, you would think that you would you would get it more often than not. Um, we're
0: seventy-one. We're it's but, but, it's but it's but if you watch the game Matt, seventy-one on the year, but
1: two of them were like one was a really bad spot. We got very lucky on that. The other was an Anthony Brown QB sneak that we I don't think we probably got either. Um, we weren't getting them, you know, very uh, by a lot. I guess I'll say, and it was clear that our, our line at that point was overmatched by, especially by the, uh, by the DN. So what are we going to do? We're going to run up the middle, you know, they were going to stack the box cause they you know, weren't going to throw it and not successfully. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it just, it just sucks that this entire season that had so much riding on it and really the game, which for which, you know, we, we obviously, I, I think in my, in my opinion, right. We had a game plan that would have not just won the game, but we had a game plan drawn up that should have blown them out by, by 30 points. Um, you, you, talk about all the lost opportunities and you mentioned that the penalties when Dylan got it to the two yard line, right? The two Anthony Brown picks, one of them, you know, deep in their territory. Um, you had Colt that missed the, the field goal. You had that flea flicker that was drawn up and he had a, he had a touchdown to, uh, was it Kobe White that was wide open, middle of the field, 30 yards down? And he, he did a, a check down to, to Jeff Smith. I don't think you can blame Adasio for, the, oh, you can, I guess, cause everything comes back to him and he should have, you know, better prepared Anthony Brown to make the right decisions, that type of thing. But, at some point, we just executed poorly. And I I agree that, you know, the play call is debatable, whatever. But there were so many other opportunities that this game should have been thirty points. It should have been a blowout and we should have had our backups in there. It's it's incredible that it got to this point.
0: Right. And I and I agree with you, but again, to that point as well. Okay, well it's an execution issue because for whatever reason, you know, the, the guys aren't playing up to it, whether that's talent right. development or whatever it is, which I'm trying to put in his corner. At the end of the day, there's no way for him to run from this. This loss to me is is he needs to take 100% responsibility for it. Uh, I didn't listen to his post game, so I can't speak to whether or not he has done so. But No, he, um, he stood
1: by his decision. He said it was the right move and I'd do it again because he saw what I saw. He saw that we were not going to convert that fourth down. And, and maybe statistically it didn't make the most sense but in a vacuum. But for this Boston College team, the way that we were playing, we were not going to convert that fourth down. Our defense was playing great. Make them drive 87 yards with
0: two minutes to go. Make them drive 60 with with two minutes to go and at least give yourself a chance to, to get that first down. Three for six against a, against a team that uh, on the year gives up 72% in those situations.
1: Okay. And I already know the answer to this because you, you put it all over Twitter, again, on our joint account last night. But do you think Steve Adazio should be fired as Boston College football coach? So...
0: He will not be fired. Let's be very clear about that, or I would be absolutely well, yeah, stunned if he was. Because the fans are idiots. Sorry, I shouldn't say that. Well, no, I don't think that's true at all. I just think because there's look, there's too much money involved, and at the end of the day, he can come back and say, "Who would we get right now that would be a, a better guy to have than Steve?" I uh, know. I agree. I, I don't disagree that. And I, I, to be honest, I don't know what the market looks like well enough to speak to that. So, you know, but at the same time, there's not always. You're not always. You know, holding on to someone for too long just because it doesn't seem, you know, less miles isn't available anymore. You you said
1: eight days, maybe it was the week before, but within the last two weeks, we've maybe I said it and you agreed. But the future for this program is incredibly bright between the talent we have on the team right now and now we're starting to recruit. And it's taken a little longer than we all thought, but it's hard to come out of the dungeon that was the spaz era. And now we have a, a, you know, a a mid ACC recruiting class, which is unheard of for, for BC over the past, I don't know, 15 years plus. So, you combine the the recruiting class with, uh, Daz's ability to, to develop players. And not even just Daz, but the the coaches that he hires. You know, he, he has some of the best assistant coaches in the country.
0: You lose everything by even talking about firing this guy. So, I think it's. But so, so, but, 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 right. So, so. I agree. And, and like I said, he has done enough to get us out of the basement and to kind of get us back to respectability. But like I said earlier, if he's going to have in a given year, in order for us to win 10 plus games, that means we're going to be in four or five close games where his late game decisions are going to uh, be the deciding factor. And I don't trust him to win the majority of those games. So- we're a quarterback
1: away from being a 10 plus win program. We could go undefeated if we had Matt Ryan this year. Um, and that's not a great example. I know Matt Ryan doesn't come around all that often, but I think we're a good quarterback away. Uh, from all these problems going away
0: look it's just to me this this you know we look at A.J. Dillon and we look at the talent that we have and it to me so far feels like we're we're just on the verge of pretty much wasting it with with eight maybe nine win seasons if we get lucky uh and to me, that's just not good enough, and and it shouldn't be good enough to anyone to just kind of toil in this. I mean, even Tom O'Brien, who I think at the time everyone felt the same way about as not getting to the mountaintop, he still had a myriad. Of, I mean, most of his win- seasons were nine wins, uh, and then his bad years were eight wins. So-, so, if we had a
1: healthy Dylan, though, I mean, you can't – I mean, this season has not gone the way it has, Um but First Matt, and foremost, the ACC is a never a going to Dylan. be this
0: bad. Period. The ACC is never going to be this bad again. It's just not.
1: Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you. So that that does. Uh, That's a huge factor. Yeah, no, you're probably right. But we beat NC State with a healthy Dylan. We obviously beat Florida State, um, you know, with with a healthy Dylan, right? So I don't know. I, 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 to say that we're not even close, I think, is sort of a mischaracterization. We played. Oh, we, uh,
0: we, we are close. Again, we 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 absolutely are close. But again, to get.
1: To to that that final step is the hardest step. And so what's what's the solution then? If not firing the coach,
0: I'm, I would I would love to fire the coach. Oh, you would? Honestly. Okay, so
1: you do want to fire?
0: I said it's not going to happen. Oh, but I would yeah. I would love to move on. I would love to say, look, thank you for getting us back to respectability. You're now a program that people want to come play for. You know, we've invested in the Fish Fieldhouse, all this stuff. We have talent. Uh, let's find someone who can actually leverage this Jesus. more effectively. You it's said, that You sound like you
1: after was it Notre Dame last week or last year when we were two and four, and then you said. I mean, you were, you were with everyone with, their pitchforks and said, get this guy out of here. And, um, what do you and know? he, he turned a, the program around and, and he, he was said, a different he's, coach. And you said, dad, my guy. And no, he was we're a just going to keep, the, man, we're going to keep doing the a cycle. We're going to keep doing the cycle where every time we lose to someone, you're gonna keep calling for his head. I just, I expect everyone else to do it, but I didn't think you would be uh, on this on this pitchfork. Well, you know train what so I expected?
0: Quickly. I, I expected you're the last person I would have expected to be okay with these seven win ceilings. I thought that you know, striving for greatness here, you'd like to actually win a championship one day. Again, he was a different coach of the second half of last year, and he has just reverted and decided again to go back to his. I forget how to coach football. So that to me is it. It is what it is. Because the timeout. Again, name something else that he did wrong. He the
1: game plan again was the right game plan for for this team. They should have won by at least 25 if they had executed properly, but they didn't. Okay. Who is execution on? Anthony Brown. Oh, oh, so I, oh, 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 oh I see what you're saying. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's fine. It's, it's on the coach. Um, but if you get if you can get guys and they got a good recruiting class coming in, if you get the guys that can't execute out of there and you replace them with the guys that can, then uh, we got a pretty pretty bright future. You know, We got some quarterbacks Look, coming in. A- Matt, Matt, I'm telling you. The game plan was there, and, and it, from a coaching standpoint, I didn't see that much wrong with it, and we, we should have won that game by a billion.
0: There is a reason that he has won seven years, basically all of his all of his years, except for the throwaway Jeff Smith quarterback year, and it, and it is because at a certain point you regress to the mean, uh, and he lives in the mean. So I think that's I think that's it. I, I obviously don't think we're going to uh, convince you. You got kind of the Skip Bayless hat on here. No, and it'll I, be I don't. I don't think you so. against I, the world a little bit. Well, but.
1: yeah. I mean, we all got to go to extremes here because you guys, you and all your buddies on Twitter are, are calling for his head and and all that. So look, man, I just want to win, man. It's that simple. I want to win. So name name a coach that would do a better job. Name one.
0: I, I'm not in charge of the could the so I don't. I can't give you an answer at the top of my head. Do you want it's Ryan Day? Not, is an is an Ryan Day the solution? A, I think Ryan Day would do a better job. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I do.
1: Got it. I absolutely do. Okay. All right. Let's move on. I also on. don't think you would think come to right. BC right now. I think, but, yeah. Uh, yeah. Man, this this does feel like. Uh, and we said we said pre-show. Let's not turn this into this. But here we are. Um, all right. So I guess the Eagles are what seven and four now, and we got to beat Q's, which we will, um, and we'll probably go nine and four with a banged up Dylan. Not a bad season all in all, but uh, I don't know. Let's uh, put this put this game out of our, out of our memory, and let's uh, let's move on here, Matt.
0: Yeah, so I'm going to defer my dude this week. I have nothing. Uh, nothing about yesterday was redeeming in any capacity whatsoever. So if you have a dude, go for it. Uh, otherwise, we can get into continue on the road to negative town. Yeah,
1: I got a quick one. Just thank God we didn't beat Clemson last week.
0: <laughs> we, yeah, that we would have sucked. Clemson
1: and then, uh, you know, put up, followed up with this, uh, the suck fest yesterday, uh, that would have that been way tougher than it is currently. At least this game didn't really mean all that much besides, you know, I guess, you know, a good bowl game, but I think we'll we still have a chance to get one, right? So, um, but if this had cost us the ACC, and I think it would have been a different game. This was your classic, it's not, not that we won last week, but it was kind of a classic letdown game. So much hype was with college game day. and It was a weird week. It was really quiet. I think not, not even that many people listened to our pod as usual. Um, yeah, it was. It was yeah, it was, uh, I don't that's, if that's a good point. I don't know if that's a barometer for anything, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I just had a shitty episode. Maybe we just
0: stink. I don't know. Yeah,
1: but it just seemed like no one really, uh, no one really cared. Everyone said, you know, FSU is is down and out. This one should be easy, and who cares? So, uh, um, but I guess you know, thank God this wasn't for the ACC. I guess is my dude.
0: Yeah, that's that's one way to look at it, and you are uh, right on that. Uh, in terms of bowls, I was so excited to spend New Year's Eve at Epcot uh, in the Camping World Bowl, and that's now not going to happen. We'll be. I think that if we win uh, against Cuse, we'll get into the Tier 1 bowls, which at least gives us the opportunity of like the uh, Nashville or yeah, the I, Sun Bowl. I saw but, a couple
1: in Nashville, which you know me. I I wouldn't hate that at all. So maybe this whole this yeah, loss was a good thing, Matt.
0: There's a silver lining yeah, for you. Maybe, yeah, maybe you, you orchestrated this whole thing. The reality is if we lose, as we'll maybe we touch on it a little bit, but if we lose, we're going to Shreveport or Detroit. And if I have to watch this team – in in either of those two cities for another day in my life that might just be the end of it for Are we me. going to shreveport um nope nope fully not well, our, they have well, a casino there they, pay for that? They, <laughs> they have a casino there but oh, i think uh yeah i don't i don't think we'd ever come look back look at all I these silver linings the you're coming up
1: with here man yeah
0: yeah i don't know if i agree all right so anyways my pood uh and i told you i would touch on it earlier and this is i guess the last i'll talk about it for now um but not liking math everyone knows i'm a math guy maddie mathematics i'm a number the numbers never lie that's kind of the bottom line here so adazio defended his decision to to punt on fourth and one saying you got to go with the numbers uh basically doubled down in this press conference even though the numbers are completely wrong so uh these is that, is that an ban- exact
1: quote what's that? Is that an exact quote did he say you got to go with the numbers or did he say my running back's he banged up and my quarterback can't complete a, complete a pass so uh well he did not say that he, he say did that. not say okay. that
0: got it he did he definitely did not say my quarterback can't complete a pass. Uh, So these credit Ben Thomas from the Heights, your favorite newspaper for these numbers. Oh, you're joining Uh, them, huh? Here we go. (laughs) So going into the play with the ball in the 40 up five, uh, fourth and one with two minutes and 52 seconds to go, we had an 87.2 win percentage. Uh, If we converted that play, if we went for it and converted, we would have a 96.6 win percentage. If we failed on fourth and one, we would have 74% winning percentage. And if we punted, it would have been 80%. So the risk there was really a 6% drop in win percentage uh, punting versus failing for it. And the upside was about 17%. Um, Let me keep the numbers going here. So
1: Matt, before we even get to that, I'm concerned with the likelihood of converting rather than assuming we convert. Here's what happens. What's the likelihood we would have converted?
0: So the likelihood, we, so on the year. You can't do your math. Uh, it's, it's not a vacuum, Matt. I know you're a math guy. You guys love vacuums. But I'm not. I'm not a vacuum. I'm looking at the entire year. On the year, we were 71% converting on third or fourth down in less than two yards. And on the season, Florida State, in those exact same situations, has allowed conversions on 71% of those attempts. So the numbers are in our favor. Dylan. And with the, with, the, with, the, with the math, and Dylan has been healthy for the whole year. So it is the, it is the same. Against
1: thing. Holy Cross. Yeah, fine. Matt. We're not going for it on fourth and two against Holy Cross. There was a couple we went for against Holy Cross, I think. <laughs>
0: If we're in a fourth down situation against Holy Cross with A.J. Dillon still in the game, there are bigger issues at play. Anyways, with the numbers the way they are, if we have a greater than 40% chance of converting, it is advantageous to us. Uh, for us to go for it there, which I think clearly we do both in the individual game, if we want to talk about your vacuum or if we want to talk about the season as a whole. So not liking the numbers as, as a math guy is a real front. And, and you, by the way, you're an accountant. This should be an affront to, to, to you as well because um, the numbers, as you uh, know, We Matt, don't
1: do math in a vacuum in the, in the CPA world, Matt. You know that. Matt,
0: people can lie. As you well know, people can forge documents. The numbers cannot lie.
1: Matt, my pood, it's a good segue into my pood here. Um, my poot is you um, and all the Pitchfork fans out there. I already touched on it. Um. What what haven't I talked about here? Uh, oh, here's here's one. The people that you could say Daz is a bad football coach, but there's a bunch of people out there. Not a bunch, but enough to to piss me off here. People that attack Daz's character with just completely baseless claims. Yeah, there was a couple guys who were like, "Yeah, if you really knew him, he's he, you know, he's this huge asshole." And then you know someone follows up and says, "Oh, hey, wh- why do you say that? Do you have an example?" And it's always just silence. No, no one ever. You just assume because he yells at refs. Oh, so does Nick Saban. So does Bill Belichick. Every good coach yells at the referees, and people assume he's this shitty guy, you know, horrible person because of it. Um, but the fact of the matter is, the players love this guy. The coaches love this guy. Recruits love him. And, and as I said earlier, we're combining this with a pretty good recruiting pipeline. And I don't know, Matt. It just it's it's crazy and, and how 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 sudden this fan base turns. And it's it's Twitter last night was wild, you included. So that's my pood. I wish we had loyal fans that understood, uh, you know, kind of long term. That you know, just because a cornerback got burned and we, you know, we lost a bad game to Florida State, the entire six-year tenor and, tenure and tenure and beyond is not completely ruined.
0: You're absolutely right. It's six-year tenure, five of which have been seven and six, and the other one was like two wins. So I'm absolutely with you. We are looking at the big picture here. Let's put this in the rearview mirror. We have, uh, you know, it's Thanksgiving week, so in that sake, let's be friendly, I guess here. So I'll go back to the positive side of it for my due to the week. Going completely uh, off the football well, I go, field, I got a football once. Let me sneak that in. Okay, yeah, please do. Uh, Zach
1: Allen just can't say enough good things about him. Sure. He's, he's been yeah, my due to the week every single week. I know you guys are getting sick of it, but um, this guy just cannot get enough credit for what he does. Uh, he had six tackles, a sack, a QB hurry, a pass breakup, oh, and a blocked field goal. By the way um and he's he's ginormous and and to maintain you know that type of motor especially when we're going three and out and and the, the defense is back on the field you know every three minutes the fact that he can keep it up to, to his degree is incredible so uh shout out zach allen or sack allen sorry i call him zach, that, zach i feel, allen, that yeah. felt weird it's wrong um, but yeah f- official dude of the week and uh we'll talk but but next next week senior senior day and um, you know, I, I hope he just has an awesome day And I hope he gets drafted top 10 Whoever, Whatever NFL team takes him It's going to be such a steal
0: No, I'm, I'm definitely with you there um, So my due to the week Again, There's so many things wrong right now in the world BC Hockey, for some reason, has decided to stop Remembering how to play hockey They're horrible Hoops lost to IUPUI, which I didn't even know was a real school How do you
1: say that as if, like, abbreviated? How do you how do you say it so that it's not IUPUI?
0: You don't, is it, so that's how you know Is it OOPY? No, I think it's I think it's IUPUI. You, just, and that's you have it. to say the whole thing. Got it. Yep, yep. I don't think there's a choice. So the only uh, bastion of light that we have right now is our girls' women's hoop team. Uh, big win today on the road at Houston. They started four and zero. Going into today, Matt, they were top five in the RPI, which is absolutely outrageous. So they're, you know, at least that high uh, after today. They got a new coach that's come in and completely changed the culture. So they were horrible for, you know, whatever, five years during the Johnson era. Um, and shout out to the director of operations who is a listener. So um, they are my team and I'm fully on board for the women's hoops this year because I need some form of, of BC happiness. And by the way, I'm, a, I'm an alumni uh, of the BC women's basketball team practice Everyone squad.
1: Everyone knows that. Hey, was yep. that a, was that a, a Martin hire? The women's basketball coach. This was, yep, yeah. So Matt, maybe we do that on the, on the men's side, and we're cooking with gas there. Don't you dare say anything about football. Man. Don't you dare. Shut <laughs> up. Shut up. Shut
0: up. I will note too, by the way. That his so his other hire is the uh, women's volleyball coach, and they have had like the best year in BC history so far. There you go. I'm a volleyball guy, so I can judge that hire and say that was a success as well. So he's two for two at least in the short amount of time we've seen. The Are basketball you a volleyball guy? Are
1: you still doing that shtick?
0: Uh, I'll, I'll I'll toss it around in the intramural leagues around New York sometimes.
1: If you're uh, ever in Punta Cana with Matt, don't play beach volleyball with him because he doesn't, he doesn't play Man, that well I had well like
0: 7,000 whatever the Dominican drinks was that day. So <laughs> that's I'm throwing that one out there. I'm a very good volleyball player. I'm like eight feet tall. People don't talk about this enough. That's
1: my Eagles in the wild Was just how poor Matt played volleyball in Punta Cana. Um, no, Matt, I don't have an Eagles in the wild. Is that the next segment? Yeah, it is. Okay, next segment, Eagles in the wild. Um, I have this written down here. Hey, Matt, much like our football team on Saturday, specifically the offense, I'm only showing up for half the episode. So I didn't complete the Eagles in the Wild assignment.
0: That's well done. I'll also go similar to our football team uh, yesterday. So Matt Ryan and Luke Kuechly had heartbreaking last second losses uh, today in the NFL. The Falcons lost on a last second field goal by the Cowboys. And Panthers went for two with like 30 seconds left and didn't convert uh, and lost. So... Pretty fitting on the uh, on the BC spectrum for uh, for our football performances this weekend. Let's roll it into Judius Corpus Court is officially in session. So, what I want to start with, and I probably should have at least prepped you with this, but I kind of decided it five minutes before we started recording here. But I want to talk about just quickly because I do want to get over this somehow. Uh, I want to talk about whether or not this is the most painful loss since we were freshmen at BC. So basically looking at the Spaz and the Daz era. So I got one immediately that been...
1: comes to mind. But why don't you go go ahead and I'll uh, yeah. the so, so,
0: so there's certainly more uh, pathetic losses. So you look at like Wake 3-0, that was pathetic, and it will never get worse than that. Uh, the Spaz, Middle Schmidt against Duke, that was pathetic. And there's obviously been more resounding losses where we've gotten our doors blown off uh 49 nothing and plenty of other times these 10 years but i think with the combination of we've never had our expectations this high we've never had this much on the line in the decade you know going for 10 wins uh going for a top 15 ranking camping world ball all this good stuff talking again a potentially top 10 final ranking do you want me to take and this one because i was there matt i'm well I I, I I think i know what you're talking about but again i'm referring to the spaz and daz era
1: oh so it doesn't count okay all right well that, yeah, that yeah, was <laughs> okay
0: so, because I, I agree with you, I I think Syracuse is in the modern era. I don't think there's anything that comes close to that.
1: No, I was even going to say the uh, the Florida State in in 07, right? Oh
0: sure, yeah 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 right. So right.
1: so everyone knows you know that the type of year that, that Matty Ice put together. It was coming off that awesome win down in Blacksburg on the road at the Hail Mary, and uh, man, just just talk about blowing it. A, a not great Florida State team comes to Chestnut Hill. I think they were I don't know five and three. They're they're like a five hundred Florida State team. Drew Weatherford. If, if that name rings a bell, um, just beat us and, and beat us bad. Our offense couldn't get going. And uh, we went from number two in the country down to uh, – we didn't drop that bad. And then we followed it up with a loss to Maryland. So in my mind, that, Matt, it, that, yep. that, that, that immediately jumps to my mind. I was also at the Syracuse Diamond Ferry game. Um, so those – and I know that it went outside the, the spectrum of, of what the question was. But those have to be the top two in my mind, the Florida State – followed up with the Maryland loss, and then uh, Syracuse. Uh, with yeah, the- that's, certain,
0: I, that, that's certainly fair. I have definitely put both of those ahead of this. Uh, again, I think, though, in this window, really just because it's the first time we've actually been good uh or been you know legitimately good in in a decade so overall you know cost us a huge amount it's a waste of talent on this year tore down our our high hopes and dreams this to me was the most painful again we're 24 hours removed from uh the end of the game and it's it's this is sticking with me much more so than any uh other loss that i can remember which is a problem because i'm almost what 30 years old and i'm letting a you know bunch of 20 year olds basically ruin me for two days so that that's something i need to uh to work on, I guess, but uh yeah, this this one really really sucked for me. So guilty uh, of being the most painful loss for me.
1: Got it. Wow. I don't know. I, we we had nothing to play for, right? What, what was the difference between? And I get it. I shouldn't say that. Ten wins. It, it is you know, an the, important the, the,
0: game, right? The but, top tier, the 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 top bowl outside of Clemson, you know. So you get the top ACC bowl, uh which would have been cool.
1: Yeah, I guess nine and three in a in a, in a down ACC year versus eight and four. Is it is it all that much different? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It's to me, it was kind of. It, it obviously would have been great to, to finish the year strong and, and be what three and at to
0: end the year. It would be. Yeah, you talk momentum too, yeah, right? You, know, you talk about going into next year. If we if we finish ten and three, right? You know, we we end up with a top probably fifteen, arguably even top ten at the end of the year, depending on how the other teams shake out. Uh, you know, and who we play in the bowl game. So going into next year, there's a ton of momentum for the fan base, for the recruits. You know, on the recruiting cycle, it's huge. So yeah, it, it just the, the air was let out of the balloons and. Uh, just a really dark time to be a BC fan today.
1: I'll give you one. Colorado State was almost worse. Colorado State was like it wasn't almost worse, Matt. but that was that was that what, one of the worst yeah. losses I, I, I've ever seen. Right? And we were that sucked. Yeah. Were we undefeated? It was early on in the year. I don't no, know if we, we were undefeated.
0: No we, had, no, we had we had already lost a pit that year. This was the USC year, was it not? It was. Or was this the year before?
1: Oh, had we already beat USC at that point?
0: Yes, yeah, uh, I believe okay. we did. So, if so, it's so. if it's the same year, it might have been the year before, but it all blends together at this point.
1: Okay. All right. So, this wasn't a great one. We should have been But that, more one, did that, it, that uh, one did suck. That one did suck. But the way we lost that one was was pretty brutal, too. And, and not yeah. all that much difference from, uh, you know, how these guys just beat us. So Yeah. yeah. Not um, great.
0: And then, Matt, I have I have a I want to bring a special Thanksgiving edition into the court really quick. I just want to run through these. So, I want to uh, put all of these sides on trial for being over or underrated. And I want to get your guilty or uh, innocent verdict. So, over or underrated. So, I guess – if you say guilty, that means they are overrated. Uh, if you say innocent, they are underrated or just properly rated. Uh, so just real quick, I'll throw them out and you give me your verdict. What are the options? Uh, ma- guilty or not guilty? Uh, guilty of being overrated okay, or, or innocent. So they're just rated or they're underrated. Uh, mac and cheese. Oh, I thought we were doing football teams. Uh, guilty. Nope. <laughs> what, you think mac and cheese is overrated? No, sorry, the other one. Okay, so you're 0 for 1. Uh, stuffing.
1: Oh, we're doing, we're doing Thanksgiving. Okay, I, I thought we were doing something else thanksgiving related uh stuffing's the best dish on on the entire thanksgiving
0: situation there so okay uh do you put i put we put sausage in our stuffing. in our house you you make it wrong then it's really it's really really good you you don't want to overthink
1: the stuffing stuffing's perfect as is a lot of people try to stuff a lot literally stuff other stuff in there but no stuffing's good to me as is can i do a writing candidate yeah please the garlic mashed potatoes i love those yeah
0: Guilty. i kind of just i like mashed i like regular mashed potatoes so much it's kind of similar i guess to the stuffing argument it's like i just kind of like to leave it as is
1: yeah no i i disagree with you 100 percent um anything else
0: cranberry sauce yeah i got a couple cranberry sauce no no thanks yeah i'm with you on that and then crescent rolls are the best food in the history of food
1: yeah i i i, I wouldn't go that far but I, I think uh you know you didn't you didn't mention the dark meat well you mentioned last episode or two episodes ago oh, i episode, right. know you're a right. dark meat guy that's right Um, so yeah, so that's all I got. Okay. Good segment there, Matt. Um, I had one quick football thing. Is is that allowed to talk football in duty's corpus? Yeah, sure. All right. So after BC lost, it was obviously, you know, we're no longer going to make the playoff. Well, I guess that was last week too, but I was watching the UCF (laughs) game and we talk about this all the time, but you know, it's obviously advantageous for, for the playoff to expand to eight teams and hopefully beyond for BC to have a shot eventually. Although this year probably needs to expand to what, 32, maybe 64, yeah, 64
0: could be good, but yeah, but UCF
1: one handily Washington state one handily, they kind of just put the beat down and both of them are likely going to be left out of the playoffs. So to me, that increases the chances of us, you know, eventually making it. And like I said, probably not this year, but that's, uh, that's just a quick, uh, uh, it's the legal term for that. Uh, badgering the witness uh, there, Matt.
0: Tort. That's a tort. Yeah, there's the tort there. Uh, so I think I think I, I kind of agree with what you're saying, but I think you need it to be a big football factory. Like, I think if Michigan was the one left out, you know, then that's huge. Or, so I guess this year, Georgia will have the most I don't know, undefeated two year UCF. Right. And, and Washington. But no State. one cares about UCF.
1: I think eventually, I, I think no one in their right mind wouldn't want UCF to have a shot
0: at it so that Alabama I, I could, could blow them out. Yeah, they shut up They just shut them up, right? I'm, I'm pretty sick and tired of them. Um, all right. No, I think this was a good court session overall. It's a little disjointed, but- Yeah, it wasn't our best. That happens. That happens. All right. We adjourning here? Yeah, absolutely. Let's get out of here. Court adjourned. All right. Let's uh, dive into all things orange. I'm going to start with my fun fact, fitting because of the uh, snowpocalypse that we had down here in, in Manhattan last week. Syracuse owns the largest snowplow in the world. Uh, so we could have used that down on the streets of the Big Apple on Thursday. How about that, huh? Mine's similar. Cues uh people
1: forget cues is responsible for inventing a lot of things. I'll give you a couple here, Matt. Um the dental chair was invented in Syracuse. Um the measuring device that tells the shoes the shoe salesman what your shoe size is. Um and then last one, the country's first drive-in window um was also invented in Syracuse. Huh.
0: That's that's a pretty that's a pretty big three there, especially the shoe sizing one. That's yeah, it's big
1: time. Because nah, we'll, how, you how would you know otherwise, otherwise right? You would so.
0: You would have no idea. It would just be a guessing game. That's right. Cool. All right. So as we know, we've played Syracuse last year, so we already did the alumni. So as we've done throughout the year, we're doing our top six, uh, orange, this year so or this week. So I guess we can kind of get a little creative here. Orange flavors, orange colors, whatever it might be. Um, do you want to go with the first pick here?
1: No, mine's a package deal. Why don't you take the first
0: one? Okay, so I'm going to go orange juice. I think it's pretty straightforward. Um, It's the best drink, in my opinion, in the the world, especially at breakfast time, but it's good all the time. Uh, I'm a Tropicana guy. I don't love Simply Orange, and I, I definitely like no pulp. I don't hate some pulp, but that's one of those things I don't like to admit because I think pulp people are, are kind of weird in general. Um, uh, but I don't hate it. And then I'll do a corollary here. It's not an actual pick, uh, but orange Gatorade. So it's my number one flavor. And I think it's just because it has kind of that orange juice, uh, vibe. So like on a, if you're hungover on a Saturday or Sunday morning, an orange Gatorade is like the perfect marriage of the hydration and the electrolytes with the orange juice. So, uh, just a bang up combo there.
1: And in junior year, Matt used to call himself the mayor of Mixie City. So he had a, a strong affinity for, for Gatorade and pouring some vodka in there and mixing it all together, and that's how he became the mayor of Mixie City.
0: Well, people forget that if you are hydrating while you were drinking, then you are just staying perpetually hydrated. Right. I'm a Riptide Rush guy
1: myself. I don't like to admit that. That's an unpopular take, but uh, that's where I stand. <laughs> do, they, do
0: they even still make that? Yeah,
1: they do at, at okay. select CBS's I think you can find those, Matt. Um, so like I said, mine's a package deal. The first one I'm going to go with is The O.C., which was a television show, just an absolute all-time show, um, all-time soundtrack. You guys know the OC, the Orange County, so it counts, right? Orange? No, that's perfect. You get it. Okay, all right, cool. Yeah, I was, you were quiet. I was worried for a sec.
0: <laughs> Matt, are you a Marissa or a summer guy? Uh, so I'm a Laguna Beach guy. I didn't watch the OC.
1: Matt, that's a good segue to my next one. Uh, Laguna Beach, the real Orange County, is in my three-hole here. <laughs> um, talk about the just absolute electric reality television. A bunch of rich kids from California just having all sorts of fun, issues, and you had Steven? Steven? And uh, you have, you, hopefully you guys know that, otherwise I just sound like an idiot here. But you had Elsie, you had Kristen, uh, just a loaded cast. Um, and I, I I mentioned this a couple episodes ago, which it's weird how often this one comes up. But I'm a big fan of the, the spinoff, the uh, very Cavalieri. Kristen's married to Jay Cutler. Um, and they own a shoe store together or something like that. And it's just a real treat.
0: Yeah, no, I, I that was just a phenomenal show. Uh, my high school experience was very different than the one they portrayed <laughs> on that television program. Uh, with my next pick, I'm going to go. You kind of remind me of Talon a little bit. Yeah, that's fair. I think I take that. At, uh, I didn't mean to compliment you. I didn't mean to compliment you. Talon or Dieter. Oh, you wish you were Dieter. You're a Talon guy. I think Dieter's like the nice guy who's Steven's best friend. I was way more of a Dieter guy. Talon yeah, Tal- was a, Talon was a douchebag. Well, yeah, but you're just kind of a nerd. So right, why don't you keep going? We're, we're losing our nerd. adult Anyways. listeners here. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with the we'll – get, we'll get our adult listeners back here with a little history. So the Orange Revolution was the 2004 Ukrainian Revolution. Uh, the reason that this one is noteworthy to me, so I coached uh, youth basketball in high school, again, because I was not on the beach. Yeah, so that kind of actually goes well there. So we happened to just end up uh, being the orange team. Uh, and we happened to get a Ukrainian guy on our team. He actually was was really good. I think he might have gone to BC uh, after the fact. Anyways, the Orange Revolution became our rallying cry because again, this guy was Ukrainian, and we happened to wear orange. And we franchise tagged him, so he was on our team both years. And we made back to back finals. So the Orange Revolution, the Ukrainian Revolution. I don't know, you know, what side was what, and, and what side we should be rooting for. Yeah, I don't know what side we should be rooting for uh in that. But as a basketball team, uh, and a You know, we were phenomenal, and it was all based on the political revolution. That kind of
1: feels like a Gordon Bombay kind of rezoning the districts there. Mighty Ducks. A little gerrymandering,
0: yep. There you go. Uh, So I have one more pick. Yes. Uh, So I'm going to go with not having anything that rhymes with you. So everyone knows that nothing actually rhymes with orange, technically. There's one word in the dictionary. I got one. Well, there's one word in the dictionary uh, ever. No, so that's not technically a rhyme. The only one ever in the dictionary is uh, Sporange, which is a very rare part of a firm. A fern, the fern plant. So okay. that's that's well, what I got. I nothing I, I to add know. there. I got some um, honorable mentions that could have, that could have <laughs> squeezed in here, but I don't know.
1: <laughs> so I spent a little bit of time in, in New Jersey uh, for my sixth man. I'm going to give a shout out to West Orange, New Jersey, um, which is a town right outside of Newark. It's a fine town. I couldn't really tell you all that much about it. But I do know that's where Thomas Edison lived um, for a while and invented some stuff. Not as many things as when he invented stuff in Menlo Park. And also not as many things as invented in Syracuse. Which, get this. Well, that's a good point. Well, I'd, I'd say, you know, Pete had the phonograph, the phonograph and, and many others. Just and yeah, electricity, I yeah, think, yeah, right? I two that things. One should, that one should have come, came first before two phonographs. Things, yeah. But anyway, it's also where Kyrie Irving grew up in West Orange. So a uh, pretty loaded city there. Um, and then I just have the one honorable mention there, Matt, uh, Orangutan, Orangutangs.
0: Yeah, tang was a good orange drink as well, yeah. too, which orangutan was the mascot for that. Um, so I, one of my honorable mentions, you kind of, I guess kind of hit it, but there are t- at least 20 towns in the U.S. named Orange, which is cool. Uh, and then the Netherlands soccer team, so they're known as the Orange. They're always easy to root for. We have no Ooh, political disagree. rivalries as like a country with them. Um, so the real reason I, 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 I'm okay with them is because there's not like many people or, or people that we're friends with, you know, that are from Netherlands the way it is like with italy and germany where everyone acts like they've lived in that country for their entire life and you know become these huge fans over being you know fans of uh, clint dempsey and the boys so netherlands to me is very neutral when they win it's like if the texas rangers win the the world series i just don't have to hear from their fans which i'm cool with
1: Ar- arjun robin always kind of rub me the wrong way that's there, fair yeah i'm not gonna
0: fight you on that yeah okay
1: okay all right uh what's up next i think it's tailgate, tail, tailgate-, game, tailgate- right
0: tail- tailgate-, tailgate ability Matt, can I have, can I have a rule question on this? Am I allowed to go less than zero on the tailgate ability this week? <laughs>
1: I'm single digits
0: myself. Yeah, um,
1: I, I'll, I'll get it kicked off here. I don't have much here. I don't know whatever, whatever. This game's always it's always Thanksgiving weekend, right? And we've gone a, a few times. I remember one year in particular. But it was probably 2014. I get what's 20. Yeah, it's probably 2014 where um, we were on Shea, and it was like 10 degrees. It was the coldest day of the year. And uh, I don't know. We, we we had like a small crew. No one was there. Shea was empty. And uh, we just kind of sat in the car the whole time with, with our buddies, and it it just kinda, it was it was kind of miserable. So uh, obviously, you know, it, it would be a lot bigger deal if a we didn't suck now, and if, if Q's had done anything productive against Notre Dame. Uh, but that all said, it's senior day, and uh, we have a lot of seniors that deserve the support, kind of deserve a packed house. I know they're not going to get one, uh, but you think about all the seniors we have. You got Zach Allen, you got Sweeney, you got Jeff Smith, Chris Lindstrom uh strahan harris dennis mikey walker my jeez that's a lot we that's might a be lot. Rebuilt, we might be rebuilding <laughs> next year not Matt. great uh, but but with that all said i'm not going and i just i don't know if, if you're going god bless you um
0: i have 6.8 wow yeah you're you're right on the money with me so again right off a of deflating loss i am just like so down on this year now i just want to fast forward to bull season hope it's in a good spot thanksgiving weekend the last thing i want to do is rush out of the house Early on a Saturday morning to drive ninety minutes to to Brighton, Cuse is still top twenty, which is cool, but also off a loss, so that takes this thing out of it. It's a noon kickoff, which is just terrible. Uh, Forty two degrees and sunny, so I guess that's okay for a late November game. It is still a big game for bowl placement. Need a win to lock in tier one uh, and avoid you know the at least the significant possibility of a Detroit street border lower. Uh, and again, the seniors as you mentioned. But with that said, I'm going six point three god help you that's that's kind of all i can say
1: yeah no, nothing to add there that said you should go everyone should go if you're planning <laughs> yeah, to go sorry yep. support the guys we they... need a,
0: we need a lot we need a good home field advantage here yeah. because we can't play well on the road so if it feels like a road environment we're in big trouble
1: That's right. All right. So let's talk football. I don't have a whole lot here, Matt.
0: Matt, so I was just going to say, I'm going to leave this segment all to you because Syracuse has been your number one team all season. Uh, I am sorry about Dungy. He got banged up. I don't know if he's going to play, but beyond that, I'm going to leave the rest of it to you and then I will jump in once you're ready for a prediction.
1: Yeah. I I just did a quick Google search and it sounds like he's for sure not going to play. Okay. Um, So it's an upper body injury. So Tommy Uh, DeVito?
0: Is he the one coming in? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So,
1: So Dungy got knocked out pretty early against Notre Dame last week and and just to just to get ahead of it, I know I've been saying since day one that Hughes was going to knock off Notre Dame. That was contingent, fully contingent on Dungy being healthy. He was obviously the X factor. Um, so that one's officially what's the word? Voided. Yeah, it's a good good job. Are they're you going yeah, to are you going to refund people though? Are you going to refund people or no? Yeah. So I tried on my bookie, and he he did not think it was voided. <laughs> um, unfortunately, it's funny how but, that works out. Yeah, but these guys, I'll tell you what, they're they're a completely different team without Dungy. Tommy DeVito uh, barely had 100 yards passing, threw a couple picks. They had like 70 rushing yards. These guys could not do anything against the Irish. And maybe it's the fact that that Notre Dame is actually a good football team, but I don't know. I I think their O-line is is suspect. They have a lot of weaknesses. They do put up a lot of points, but again, that's the Dungy offense, and their defense has been bad all year. So um, you take out their X-factor, I think we can do a lot of damage. Um, Like you said, it's at home. We, we should, you know, the seniors should come to play. Everyone should be motivated. There's no reason we can't get out of here with a big win. Syracuse is the fakest ranked team of all time, and uh, I don't see this as any type of... The, the line hasn't come out yet, but it will be fascinating to see where Vegas puts this. I, I would have, I don't know, without Dungy, it's probably, in my mind at least, Eagles probably giving three and a half, but I, I couldn't even tell you.
0: But yeah, three 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 and a half would be my guess as well. But either I'm way. With you.
1: BC, you know, assuming everyone's healthy or people are getting healthy and Dylan plays and all that, uh, we should win by two or three scores here, Matt.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you. Uh, The only thing I'll I'll throw in is uh, potentially the last game we could see with Dino Babers on the head coach of Syracuse, I guess besides the bowl game, if he sticks around for that. But oftentimes they're poached before that. But he's going to be very high on the list for a lot of uh, vacancies this year. Obviously, Les Miles is now off the market and Jeff Brom, at least rumored to be going to Louisville. So Dino is is probably, you know, right on that next list of of people uh that are gonna be giving phone calls out. So we'll be interesting to watch what happens. I love the coaching search part of the year. It's a very fun time to be a college football fan. Um but no, I'm with you. I, I don't I really don't think they're that good. I think you know, I think we've said all along that we don't know how good we are either, but I, I think that we are a more legitimate uh much more legitimate team than Syracuse is. I think we come out with the chip on our shoulder after the deflating loss of last week and we want to uh, you know end on a high note and avoid like I've said many times now avoid heading back to Detroit or Shreveport Um, and with the seniors there's a lot on the line and I think you know, I do think on Thanksgiving week, it helps a lot to be, you know, the, the home team here. You know, I think you can have a little bit more of a, you know, normal week and still have, uh, you know, whether the guys who are local or just kind of a team dinner on campus, whatever it is. I think that will play a little bit of a factor. I'm going to go 28 to 17, but it's just miserable for all parties to watch, both us and Q's like pretty much all of our games have been this season.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of right there with you. Well, not really, but it's just a good transition line there, Matt. Um, the Q's offensive line, like I said, is absolutely terrible. Last week, DeVito was sacked six times through two picks. So I'm thinking Allen and maybe the reemergence of Lucas Dennis uh, on Saturday w- would be great. But I think both of those guys in particular, secondary in general, um, should have a big a big game to kind of send everyone out with a W on senior day. I got BC 32, Q's 12, which I know is kind of a Chris Berman score. But I'm thinking without, and that's no Dungy. Without If Dungy's in there, it's going to be like a 54 to 53 shootout. Um, but assuming no Dungy. And assuming our guys are healthy, I got BC 32, Q's 12. It's never in question. Eagles take care of business and we're on to Nashville.
0: You know how much I would just absolutely kill to have a game finally never in question this year. So I'm praying to God you're right, but I'm not going to hold my breath. Um, Look, like I said, this is as painful a loss as we've had in a very long time and I'm hopeful as the week goes on it will get easier but who knows uh, i guess thank god for thanksgiving to take my mind off this team for a little while i'm not sure if talking about it all over again made me feel better or worse but hopefully listening to this episode will be therapeutic for some of you i honestly don't know uh, but hope for the best there as always, follow us on Twitter, Insta, at Fourth and Dude. Plenty of commiserating going on over there this past weekend, and hopefully we'll have some more to be positive about next Saturday. Uh, and follow our friends, BC247, at Eagle Insiders, for good insight into everything that went wrong and how the heck we can pick up the pieces. They'll give you much better football analysis than kind of our just uh, negative tweets after a couple cold ones. Uh, Your negative uh, tweets. Fair. Uh, look, all we can do at this point is is try to move on and get a win so we don't end up with another New Year's in 30 degrees Louisiana. But honestly, who knows what to expect out of this team anymore. Matt, do, do you still have to say the closing line this week? I don't know. It's kind of, it kind of rings hollow this week. I'll still say it because I don't know what
1: else to say. Um, can, you, can you just tee me up for it? Yeah, Matt. It, is this a good
0: or, or not a good day to be a dude? Matt, it's always a great day to be a dude.